Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. So this is Relation Tips. This is week two. Last week, if you were here, um, we laid some foundation. Because what we, what we don't want to do with this whole series and us up here, today we're actually going to get into a couple of questions that have been asked. And, uh, <laughs> they're good ones too. <laughs> so, it'll be good. Um, which will be a lot of fun. But one thing that we wanted to make sure that we emphasized is that this is not 10 steps of self-help to improve your relationships. Because you know what? In my experience, both personally and observationally, I've never seen self-help help any self for any extended period of time. Does that make sense to anybody else? You may, because I don't know about you, I can convince myself to change certain tangible things for a period of time, but the things that are broken inside of an individual that create the stuff that we struggle with and deal with don't come necessarily from external circumstances. They come from internal brokenness. That's right. So we got to deal with the internal in order to affect the external. Right. And I think that's pretty. So last week preach. we said something. We, we talked all about your purpose and finding that, that core and that, that center point of you. And that is the foundation of how relationships will, will play out in your life. As long as that core is centered on Jesus and as long as that core is centered on Christ and your relationship with him, relationships are actually quite a bit easier. Absolutely. Right, and we made we are we had a we had a very cool point that that um, we made. It says your purpose must guide your relationships, or your relationships can guide you away from your purpose. That's so good. Amen. Amen. That's where that's a great place for you to say amen. <laughs> we like it when you talk to us. We we do that here. We do yeah. that here. You can stand up and wave at us. You can say mm-hmm. <laughs> you can say that's good. That's right. Yeah, kind of like that, Stephen. That was pretty good. Just, you know, just like that. Just anything that's got enthusiasm, we love that. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to, do you want to, I'll let you kind of go in. Oh, We've got our kind verse of a, from last week. An introductory verse, and, and uh, let's just hit verse 30. You just want to start. Yeah, let's just go in that way. Actually, should we pray? Yeah. Why don't we pray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're in church, right? <laughs> if you say so. All right. Hey, let's pray. Father, we pray for our minds to be clear. Yes. Our minds to be open. Father, we pray that our hearts would be receptive. We thank you that you did not uh, put us here on this earth to just wonder how to do things, but you gave us your Holy Spirit. You gave us your word. And Father, we pray that today that even as your word declares that you would uh, be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And uh, God, we want to live the life that you created us to live completely free from the, what the world would want to do to confuse it or to tear it down or to distract us. So, Father, we pray that your life would be in this room this morning. Help us to receive everything that you would have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So Matthew 6.33, Matthew 6.33, excuse me, um, was, our, was our verse of last week. And so um, it was actually 19 through 33, but we really focused in on that verse 33, which um, is a, it's a really, it's a, it has to be core to who we are. Um, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And so that just, 
that was our basis for talking about relationships, and that was our, um, our core. Like, if, you, if we are seeking first his kingdom and seeking first his righteousness, then all these things that we desire, healthy relationships, healthy marriages, healthy relationships with our children, uh, coworkers, all these relationships will be added to you as well. But see, you have to seek him first. You have to seek his righteousness and make that core, the, the core and the center of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And so last week we also said that to live a, uh, the life that God created you to live, we have to live a Christ-centered life, as Kara was talking about. And that means that doesn't mean that, that Christ is a box within many boxes that we just have, collect all these you know, different aspects of our life. It means that at the very core and the center of who we are, beyond anything, this Matthew 6, 33, kingdom of God first, his righteousness, which none of that comes unless you start with that Christ-centered relationship, yeah. putting Christ at the middle. At the middle. Uh, so one of the things we also said was that uh, so many broken relationships come from a place where people are trying to find completeness in various relationships. Right. Like if I, you know, I'm, I'm empty, so if I, if I find a spouse, I'll be complete. Or if I, if I find that job that's just my dream job, I'll be complete. Or if I, if I make this much money, I'll be complete. Or if I'm fulfilled sexually in different ways, that will make me complete. And, uh, and what we end up seeing in history and society and in our own lives is that that's just not true. Because you were meant to be complete individually by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. So all those things will complement you. Um, relationships will complement. They should complement you, but they will not complete you. That's right. Careers will not um, complete us, but they will complement us. Um, having children will not complete us, but they will complement us. So that was that Sometimes was one of the complicate. Com- yeah. But in a good way. They're wonderful. Complicated in a complementary yes. way. Yes. And. And speaking of children, we're going to get to our first question of the day. Oh my gosh, something some just actually dropped in my stomach when she said that for a second. <laughs> oh, my word. Nope. <laughs> no, I mean, thank I, I would you. know, but I just, for some reason, I just had a gut reaction to like, are we? So Surprise. No. <laughs> no, totally kidding. Three and no more. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We love our three. Oh, wow. That would be an age gap. <laughs> Our youngest is 10, so that would be, that would be interesting. No, no, about that. Yes, we have some friends. Anyway, all right. We have some, some really good friends right here who um, that happened to them. So we've, we've learned how following their example. Like, like that looks awesome and hard. Anyway. All right, sorry. Okay, sorry, we're back. off track. We're back. We're back. Our first, um, so how many of you all have ever desired to be in a church that kept it real? that talked about the real things of life, the real things that people deal with, the real things that people struggle with, real issues um, in our culture that, that we're all facing today. How many of you guys have ever desired? I know I have. Um, so I apologize if, if um, this gets a little spicy and uncomfortable today. My parents are actually here, so I mean, I kind of win. So... Um, <laughs> and our kids. And our kids. Well... Just one of them's down here. Let's just bring them all. Anyway, um, (laughs) we're, we are committed to keeping church real. I think too many of us have grown up in churches that um, pushed hard topics and hard conversations under rugs and kind of ignored them. But then we wonder why so many people, um, 
begin to develop these, these broken patterns in their lives. And we wonder what is happening. This person grew up in church, but did they really talk about the real issues? Did they really go to the core of what's happening in our culture and what, what people are facing right now? Um, but I, that's our commitment to you guys. We're going to keep this real and we're going to, um, we're not going to shove hard topics and hard conversations under the rug. Um, because it's that important that we go to those places. It's that important that our children grow up in an environment where they can talk about the hard things of life, but they know how to, they know how to work through them. They know what the word of God says. You guys, the word of God has a has, has something to say about all the things that Let's we go. face in our culture today. The word of God, you have to be in the word of God daily, daily, daily. Like do not Reset. give yourself a break. It is, it is so vital. It is like life, it is like breath, it is like food for your soul and you need to be in it daily. So that is my, my mini encouragement for you all. We're Can gonna we keep get it real. <laughs> We're gonna keep it real um, and it's all gonna be Biblically based. It's all going to be in the word of God. And so that's, that's our commitment to you guys. Question number one. And so one. I'm sorry if it, keeps, it, it makes anybody uncomfortable. It's all I'm for sorry. good. It's all for good. <laughs> it's all for good. Question number one. This one's not uncomfortable, though. Um, how do I raise my kids to follow God? Mm. Mm. Anybody interested? Anybody? <clears throat> okay, three people. So let's all go right. ahead and get into cool. that. Let's go Should ahead we skip this, this one? Maybe. <laughs> Okay, Proverbs 22.6 says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. This is talking to you. Point them in the way they should go. And the values they learn from you will be with them for life. That's in the Passion Translation. Um, and that, that is, that, oh, that's such a good verse. Um, it's giving you a challenge. It's, it's saying point them, dedicate them first. Dedicate them to God. Then point them in the way they should go. And the values they learn from you, you have to be an example. The values they learn from you will be with them for life. Ephesians 6.4 says, fathers, don't exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord. Um, and also that same verse in the message, we kind of liked both, um, that was in the passion translation and this is in the message. Fathers don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. That's so good. It's, um, it isn't necessarily the whole raising kids to follow God. It's not necessarily a complicated issue, but I think that many people can get hung up on the fact that uh, that maybe when you were a kid, and I'll just even preface it by saying this, when we came here, our whole existence was meet people, tell them why we're here, invite them to be a part of what we're doing. And, uh, and you wouldn't believe, or maybe you would, the conversations that would come up about people that have significant church background growing up yet are no longer connected uh, to a church. And so, which is great for us because it leads us into questions like, well, tell me about that. Like, what happened? What's your experience? You know, and how do you see church now? What's your relationship with God like? And so many people would say, well, I was, you know, I was, you know, forced to go to church as a kid. And, and, uh, and they would, you know, lay out a couple of things of how hard it was and, and dislikes and whatever. And, and as soon as I became old enough to kind of make my own choices about this area, I just stopped going because I didn't see the relevance to my life. And so I can't tell you it's how many people, it's almost like they passed a piece of paper around common. town 
and everybody read from the exact same script. It was crazy. And so, but at the same time, that let us know that there's something, uh, there's a disconnect somewhere in not just the, the church world, but in the family world, the combo between the two, where we are missing the connector point of raising up our kids to follow God to, to the degree where when it's time for them to walk their own walk, they continue in that path. And, uh, and so, um, so again, it's not necessarily from a topic and from what the scripture says a complicated thing, but I think um, when, when kids don't see the values repeated, this is where it's gonna start getting real. Y'all ready for this? When kids don't necessarily see the values that they hear about at church replicated and practiced at home, then they, they begin to see a religious disconnect between what church is and what reality is. And so, because the thing that's gonna be the most real to your kids are the things where they see an impact in their family. Right. They see how it impacts their parents or their mother or their father or their guardian, you know, that entire situation. And that's gonna carry so much more weight for your kids than just bringing them to church and then taking them back to a regular life. And I, I fully believe that, that our, our children and teenagers are incredibly intuitive. Oh, yeah. they, they pick up more than we think they pick up. They see more than we think they see. They hear more than we think they hear, and they are smart. And they are going to know, mommy and daddy, or mommy or daddy, they act this way when we go to church, and then when we come home, it's a totally different scenario. Um, they let me do, they let me do this, but I'm not, I know that because of what church said, I probably shouldn't be doing that because it's not healthy or it's not good for me, but they let me do it. So there's this disconnect and it becomes religion. It becomes a thing that they grow up thinking, well, it's a task, it's a box I have to check, I need to go to church, check. I checked that box, but it becomes religious. And we say this every week, God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want religion with you. Does that make sense? God wants a relationship with you. And so that, there's that disconnect when there's, there's one thing going on. Your parents take you to church and, and you're, you're going, okay, well, that, that is, just doesn't look like my home looks like. And so there's a disconnect. Yeah, there's a disconnect. And so, like, you know, just, again, some real examples and, and this is going to, if you're, if, you're, if you're married and not a parent yet, or if you're not married yet, like, this is all, like, noteworthy. Because, and if you are a parent, this is, we're going to get to a section here that says, well, what if I'm past that, and maybe I, as a parent, as an adult, came into a relationship with God later and didn't know, and what if I feel like I messed that up? What do I do? We'll get to that, because there's some really good life-giving stuff there. Because God, the cool thing about God is that he is a restorer and a redeemer. And so just because, I mean, we, can, we all have and we all will have mess-ups in the future, but that doesn't mean that that just becomes a big X on our life resume that can't be fixed. God can restore and redeem absolutely everything. And I just want to make a, a small disclaimer. We know that nobody here is perfect. We are not perfect. We go home, Word. and it, home should be a safe place for you guys. Home should be a safe place to be real with your children, should be a safe place to... Um, to do life in a, in a real way. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that we, you're expected to be perfect when you go home. Um, but th there's principles that we're going to, we're going to get to. Yeah, there's principles that, 
because when he, a couple weeks back we, we dedicated children. People that had young children want to dedicate them to the Lord. And, and even in the scripture that says, you know, de- you know, dedicating your children to the Lord. And so we do it as a part of our, our service, but it's not a service. That's just a symbolic act of what should be taking place in the lives of families that are raising children. That we are, every day is a dedication to the Lord, right? Because every day is a choice that you have to wake up and say, I'm going to follow Jesus today. Like, it's Monday. I don't know if you haven't seen the sun in like two two. <laughs> And a half days, and uh, you know, and I don't, you know, you just got to make that choice, right? It's not always about what you feel; it's about the choice that you have to make. So there's a both end. There's a there's a at home responsibility, and then there's a church responsibility. Right. And so, and there's we have a term that we use, and kind of in our circles, there's this term called a life giving church. You may have heard us use that term from time to time. A life giving church is a church that is. This is complicated. Is life giving. Um, I know it's super complicated, but uh, it's very possible. It's very possible that you grew up in a, a church environment that maybe didn't feel life-giving. So when we say life-giving, it's, it means that it, there's an environment where there's something here that you look forward to coming to. It's not something that you have to do, but it's something that you get to do, and uh, which is really kind of part of the culture here at Convo anyway. Nothing that we do here, whether it's showing up at 6.30 in the morning and setting up, it's nothing that we have to do. Nobody has to do this. We get to do it because it's a part of what we love. And so uh, you're, we want to create an environment where your kids can't wait to get to Convo Kids. And, and for us, to, you know, that's one of the areas where we work so hard and our team serves so hard and serves so faithfully because we want to do our part to create a life-giving environment for your kids and also a life-giving environment for you. But we know that a lot of people, based on what the people we talk to coming here and asking about church, not everybody grew up in that type of environment. So maybe for some people, church was about kind of the exterior, you know, you're living one way, the reality of life is one way, but when you come to church, as long as you throw on that suit, put on that smile and know how to say the right thing, then you're good to go. You can, you know, it's kind of, kind of communicates a little bit of a fake vibe, but as adults, kids don't, kids don't do fake. I don't know if you realize that. She was talking about it, but adults, you know, we, we, we find comfort in fake, don't we? Because it means that we don't have to be real about what's going on in our lives. And if we're around other people that also aren't going to be real about what's going on in their lives, we can just put on our mask, come to church, feel good that we check the box. God loves me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven. Hey, bless you. Hey, praise the Lord. You know, we say all the right things. Bless. Hey, brother, how you doing, sister? It's wonderful in the house of the Lord. Uh, we are blessed, aren't we? We're like, why are we, why are we talking like that? But and then we day. leave and we go back to a broken, empty family, a broken, empty house, a broken, empty life, and nothing begins to change. So, so we see there needs to be a kind of a combination of those two coming together, which yeah. is you guys as parents or future parents or parents to be having the ability to bring what God is doing in your life here alive in your home at home, your home at home. Anyway, so that your kids don't just get something here and then they get it all removed when they go home, but they are complimenting each other. And so our guarantee to you guys is what you begin to build in your kids and in the environment at home, whether you have to kind of press reset, it's okay. Like it's, again, there's no perfect formula. There's no overnight, there's no switch to flip. You just have to make a decision that we are going to be a Christ-centered family and that we are going to raise Christ-centered kids and we don't have it all figured out, but to the best of our ability and by the grace of God, we're going to go for it. And we know that when we bring them here, that the environment we put our kids in here is going to complement and reflect yeah. that exact same thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So here's some, some practical examples, and I think you already went into this a little bit. Um, don't separate your church life from your relationship with God. Yeah. 
um, church and your relationship with God should go hand in hand. I think a lot of people try to put them in different boxes like, oh, this is Sunday. It's time to go to church. This is what we're doing. But our relationship with God is all-encompassing, right? If, 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 our, if our relationship with God is at, our, is at the core of who we are and we are Christ-centered, then then all of that should come around it. So, so church should encompass our relationship with God and our relationship with God should encompass church. Do you have a different way of you, that you want to say that? Okay. Um, another practical example is um, make the lifestyle consistent, including your kids' involvement. And this is how we raised our kids. We raised our kids like this is a family thing. This is not moving. When we moved here, we, we told our kids like this isn't for us. You guys, this is not this is not a Craig and Kara thing. This is a Dyson family thing. And you, God, God saw fit to make us parents to these three amazing kids. And it's a family thing. And so we raised them with that mindset. Like, we get to do this, you guys. This is, this is all about our family. Their purpose is tied into this church. Just as same as much as my purpose is tied into this church. So we we connect that all together. It's a family thing. Yeah, they were even to the point when we were coming here, we're just dreaming, we're talking about like we can do this, it's gonna be like that. And our kids are like calling dibs on teams. They're like, Oh, well I this is I'm I'm gonna be running this team and you know, we're like we let them talk, but later we're like, we're not gonna they're not ready to run things yet. Uh, although although they actually there's a lot that they're doing that I'm like when I was their age I wasn't doing that. I just wanted to like show up and go play in the dirt outside with my friends. That was pretty much how I did it growing up. But um, yeah, you hit the first one. The second um, one. Here's the third one. Okay, third I'll, one, gotcha. I'll keep going. Um, make serving God fun. Yeah. Um, make it something that your kids can look forward to. Um, if you have, I have to, the, the attitude that says I have to do this at home, um, your kids are going to have the same attitude. But if you approach it with like, wow, we, we get to do this. Like we, we, were scheduled, <laughs> we were scheduled to get here at 7.30. We get to do this. We get to go set up church so that people can experience Jesus today. Make it fun. Make serving God fun. And, and don't, don't put them on the back shelf, you know? Like involve them in it. I think we already said that. But um, involve them in serving. Um, and they're going to catch it. They're going to catch that excitement. Yeah, even if like if you're on, if you're serving on a dream team and maybe you're maybe you're on the guest experience team and you're outside, you know how many of you love our dream team members are out there with our signs and they're dancing, and they're smiling. I wish I could be out there. And um, and like if you're doing that and you've got kids, like don't check them into convo kids yet. Let them be out there with you. Let them be a part of that and and let them in, get it in their in their spirit and in their own culture because they will get used to that. So as they do grow up, they're like, this is just what we do. Yep. And so if we, as, a, as pastors, if we do our job to continue to make Convo Church a life-giving church with a life-giving environment, then we're, our hope and our prayer, and, and literally something that we pray about and we, we ask God about all the time, we check with team members, like want to make sure this is life-giving, which doesn't always mean easy, but life-giving because we want kids to grow up in a way where they just want to keep going. There's no cutoff when they turn 13, 14, 15, and it's no longer relevant to who they are. Just last night we had, we met with a handful of team members that are, are, has shown interest in helping us launch Convo Youth. We're so excited. Because it's not, 
We're not just trying to do stuff for like the younger kids. We want to create a, a systematic flow of amazing life-giving environment so that, you know, the kids grow up in Convo Kids. They go into Convo Youth. We're doing stuff. We're impacting schools. We're, we're doing crazy stuff to continue to pour into a generation that's going to do more than we could ever dream about doing to the point where they go to college or they get married. They, they just seamlessly continue to flow in a Christ-centered life that, has, that also has the church at the center of it. So before we get into... Um, we're going to answer that question about like, well, what if my kids are older and I feel like I've kind of messed it up? We'll get to that. I wanted to say one thing that uh, we, we live in a culture. Anyone ever heard this term free range parenting? We live in a culture where the concept of free range parenting exists, which means my kids were born. This, this is me paraphrasing. My kids were born with an instinctual know-how to raise themselves. My job is just to make sure they don't step in front of a moving car. That's not parenting. That's not Proverbs 22, 6 again. It says, dedicate your children to God and you point them in the way that they should go and the values they learn from you will be with them for their life. And so there will be times, and I can't tell you there haven't been times in our life with our kids because there have been. There will be times where your kids don't want to go to church for whatever reason. And I'm telling you, if you will just take me at my word of this, if you are the parent that leads them in this, it may not be pretty in the moment. It may not be pretty on the drive to church until they get a donut hole in their mouth. It may not be, you know, but, but I'm telling you that if you make it consistent, there will come a time where we're doing our part as a church to be life-giving and making it fun for your kids, where they will eventually catch on to, hey, I have friends there now. I have people that I look forward to seeing there now. I, I look forward, and it's, the donut holes, it's just, it's for real. It's just for real. And uh, they look forward to it. We have kids, they come in, they, they sniff it, they go straight to it, got my donut holes, get them checked in the combo kids, we're good to go. And so there, so there will be times where it may be a battle in your house, but I'm telling you that it will pay off in time where you begin to set the tone and set the culture that, hey, kids, this is what we do. And over time, they will embrace it. It is something that they also do. Not that they have to do and they get dragged to, they but something to that do. they get to do. So what if you think you messed this up, your kids are older, teens or adults, and, and maybe they're not living for the Lord, or maybe even as far as they're anti-church or anti-God. And so we put together just kind of a few thoughts to open up that conversation. <laughs> he looks at me like it's my turn. That was our transition. Um, <laughs> um, so obviously we're not in this in this stage in our lives. Like this has not happened to us. But there's just there's wisdom from the word of God. And so if if you think that you've messed this up, or if you're at the point where your your kids or your older teenagers um, are not wanting, they're anti-church, they're anti-God, they don't want anything to do with this. Um, talk to them. Talk to them. Take responsibility. Um, apologize and repent for not leading them in the way that you should have. Um, you can share your current testimony with them, um, what God has been doing in your heart, what God has been changing or rearranging in your mind and heart, um, but be honest and be transparent. I think that is the first and foremost. I cannot even tell you how many times I ask my children to forgive me. It is, it should be a daily thing because we're always messing up, right? But um, be honest and be transparent and ask them to forgive you um, and invite them back to church with you. Yeah. It's, and, a, it's, a, it's a convo. You know, and, and we don't say that just because it fits in with the name of our church. That's the purpose of the name of our church is bringing God's love and grace into everyday conversations. Yeah. And so I think, and I, I, I think of my relationship with my dad. And then as, as I got older, 
we've had, not necessarily on this topic of, of church and following God, because it's, you know, I, I was blessed in that regard with our family, but just conversations as I became an adult, my dad beginning to share things with me where he's like, man, I feel like I messed that up, and then talking about it. Yeah. And so don't think that as a parent that you just, again, need to sweep your mistakes under the rug. Yes, there are appropriate times for different conversations, but I feel like wisdom will lead you in that direction. But please, never be afraid to approach your kids and to humble yourself, And uh, which just doesn't mean that you're admitting that you're a failure. It just means you're admitting that I'm not perfect and I feel like I know more now than maybe I did before. And I just want to let you know that I didn't do it right and I'm sorry. And I want to ask, and like literally, like these words can create so much power in your relationship with your kids. Will you forgive me? Because it puts them in a place of recognizing like, okay, my parents, they're not fussing at me. They're not telling me what to do. They're not telling me what I did wrong. Well, this is interesting. This is new. And it puts them in a position of seeing you in a whole new light and in a good, in a very positive way. And, uh, but yeah, I think when they, when people, and this is true of any relationship, when people begin to see a transformation in your life, it will speak volumes to what you, again, add to it with words. And so when your kids begin to see, well, like, you know, my mom or dad, I mean, they're, they're different. They used to be like angry. They used to be just stressed out. They were just, every time they spoke to me, they were yelling at me for something and it's different. It's not like it was anymore. Maybe there is something different. Let your testimony speak and then let your words follow. Okay. And I think at the very end, invite them into where your life is now and yeah, maybe they're not at the stage where you can grab them by their ear and make them come with you, but they're at a place where you can invite them into your life, into that part of your life, and then pray with them. If they don't want to be prayed with, if it's a difficult situation, then take it to the Lord yourself. Pray for them. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm believing that God's going to do some amazing things. Now, we are, uh, I'm going to give you a teaser for next week because we're out of are time. Are we out of time? We're out of time because Guys. this is so good. Does anybody get anything out of this? I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm getting something out of it. How, some how are we I out need of to, time? Some things I need to practice a little bit. So here's a teaser for next week, okay? Uh, do you want me to read the question we're going to talk about next week? Yes. All right. Yes, I do. <laughs> little teaser. What does it mean to be equally or unequally yoked in a relationship? In an overwhelmingly popular hookup culture, what is a godly way to go about dating? Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.